Welcome back to another episode of Jeducation, where parenting and Jewish education merge. This week, we have the pleasure to hear the insights of Rabbi Arya Safran, the head of school of Eula Boys and Girls. This episode is definitely more focused on formal education. So for any formal educators, there is a tremendous amount to gain from Rabbi Safran's approach and initiatives in Eula for how he made Torah and Judaism such an important focus there and the effects of that. However, I think that parents can gain a tremendous amount as well. If you listen closely to the poetry of Safran, the ideas that he shares are so focused on how to give over that geschmack of Judaism. And the main idea, the yesod, is so fundamental, it can be applied to parenting as well. At the end of the episode, Rabbi Safran tells over a personal story about his first year-end review and the insight that one of the board members provided regarding parenting, which is a really important message for us to all hear. Whether you're a formal educator or not, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Jeducation Podcast. My name is Yair Manchel. Jeducation, where parenting and Jewish education merge to give our children the best possible experience. Whether you chose to be an educator by profession or not, we are all Jewish educators. Day in and day out in our own homes, we are educating our children on what it means to be a Jew, what it means to be a good person. And sometimes, perhaps most of the time, the education children receive in their homes is more impactful than the formal education they receive in school. Check us out at jeducation.org today and remember to subscribe to the podcast. This week's guest, we are joined by Rabbi Arya Safran. Rabbi Safran currently serves as the head of school of Eula Boys and Girls High School, where he was the principal since 2009 and gives shirin locally and nationally. His previous experience includes being the rabbi of the Young Professional Minion at Beth Jacob. I want to thank Rabbi Safran for taking the time out of his trip to New York to talk education. It's great to be here. It's an honor to be on education with you. Appreciate it. So I saw that you, before you went into education, you worked at Deloitte as an uh, audit for a year. Tell me about that. How, what, what, what prompted you then to switch to Jewish education, to be a, a educator? It's a, it's, it's a great question. Um, well, firstly, my chinuch is in my blood. My, the, my grandparents on both my sides, both my father and mother's sides, were involved in Tzibor, communal work. Uh, rabbinic work in Chinuch. My Zaidi in London started uh, the first Chabad school actually in London. Really? Wow. With a, That's very cool. With a direct order and blessing from the Lubavitcher Rebbe Zetzal. Wow. Uh, my fa- I mean, he was sent there as Shlichus? He, he was there. He wasn't he's sent there. there and then the but he, was, uh, he was appointed. Um, wow. You know, my, my father uh, has been in Chinuch over 35 years in, in, in LA also um, or in LA he was oh, wow. yes but started in Miami hmm, nice. uh, where, where I was born cool. born and raised very cool um so you don't realize first of all just subconsciously just coming from a home of Chinuch I can um, relate my dad's uh my dad's been ahead of school my whole life so I can totally relate <laughs> and a phenomenal one um he, he has an unbelievable reputation um and you know my whole life was was I was sitting at a Shabbos table, mm-hmm. which was built around Chinuch, you know, right, right. Um, the late nights from my father being in Chinuch. I got to experience his, his, him in Chinuch, um, being a teacher, my own Rebbe in a classroom and being in his school. So oh, that's cool. That's special. You know, you don't realize the impact that could have on you. But ultimately, um, you know, I decided when I was, you know, when I was in YU at Yeshiva University that although Deep down, Chinuch would be amazing. I was involved in a lot of different informal educational opportunities. Mm-hmm. There was an organization, YUSSR, which right. w- which which was incredible. I think your brother Menachem, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, on yeah. there he, with him. He told me he was with you. That's you right. Know, um, you know, different NCSY programming. You know, I loved it. There was a gishmak there, but it, I didn't think it really was 
my future. Interesting. And during my Shana Rishona, I married a, actually a girl from Lawrence. Her mm-hmm. name's Tamar. Uh, we spent the year in Eretz Yisrael. And I served as the Avbayas at, at Rashid in Beit oh, Shemesh. Cool. Nice. Where I was giving chaburas and shir and, and shirim. I was I had my own learning uh, seder in the morning and doing you know doing my own learning. But afternoon and nights was was basically for the guys in the yeshiva, and it was a transformational experience. The problem is I already had a job lined up oh, at Deloitte in New York City, so I already knew towards the end of my year in Eretz Yisrael that you know I had this passion and this. This desire. You found real fulfillment and meaning. You found you w- yeah. once you find the seat book. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard to ignore, or wow. be, or I would say it'd be silly to ignore. Totally, yeah. And uh, but I I started at Deloitte. I came back and I started at Deloitte, and and I knew on day one that you know it was it was just a matter of time <laughs> before I I was gonna be I was gonna be out of Deloitte. And don't get me wrong, it had nothing to do with Deloitte. It was I just I wasn't meant for a. To sit in, you know, the confines of a of a small office. No, I mean we know. Claudius all knows. Look at the amazing mm. effects that you're having in the the you know the the real hashba that you're having on in Eula and uh, throughout the Jewish world. Really, no, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's, we, we have a strong team there, Baruch Hashem, amazing Rebbeim. And uh, so I liked, you know, so I did my year, and um, it was actually it was a great time because it was during the financial crisis and, you know, <laughs> in 2008. What a so, time to be there. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was definitely a pretty intense time. My client was Morgan Stanley. Oh wow! Um, their stock dropped all the way to $8 under my watch. Oh somewhere. my gosh. You know, Hashem. <laughs> wow. um, and I'll tell you that the only thing harder than telling, you know, your wife from the five towns who married an accountant <laughs> that you want to leave corporate America to become a, you know, a Chumash teacher in Los Angeles um, is telling your in-laws and having that conversation. <laughs> totally hear that. Um, and Baruch Hashem, I was, I've been blessed with unbelievable in-laws who, of course, extremely supportive. Um, you know, it it probably goes, you know, my mother-in-law's father, Leo Schachter, Zichon Levracha, my wife's grandfather, he was, a, he was a diamond jeweler his whole life. Mm-hmm. And he used to work hours and travel all, all over the world. And he, he I remember him always telling me, you know, I, I once asked him, you know, how many years have you been in the business? Have you been working? In diamonds. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, when you love what you do, it's never work. Right. Right. Wow. He had such a passion for his industry, for his business, for what he wanted to do. He was, in, of course, an Ehrlicha person, a Ben Torah, raised beautiful family, has unbelievable nachas. But that really stuck with me. And, you know, so we, we moved to LA. We took it for a year and it's been 12 years. And it's been the best decision we've made. And I, I, I could have never made that decision without the true partnership and support mm. of, of my wife. And, and she really gets the credit for why we're in Chinuch in Los Angeles. It's amazing. Wow. So you moved to LA then to become a Rebbe. And then how many years later did, be, did you become the principal? So um, I'm, I, yeah, so I, I, was, I was a Rebbe and I did a little student activities. Oh, nice. Um, and then I grew into a full-time student activities position. Mm. This was all at Eula. All at Eula. Nice. Um, first and only place. Um, and I, I think in year three or four, I became an assistant principal, mm-hmm. and then in year six, a principal, um, overseeing Torah studies, and then in year nine, uh, I or yeah, year nine, um, or probably year eight, I was at, I was offered the position to be head of school. Huh. Um, which was the scariest moment of my life. <laughs> I totally uh, hear that. Right. 
So what's what's your what's your goal as an educator? You know, it, this is something I think about all the time. And for me, you know, it all goes back to what do how what do we want from our Talmudim and our Talmidos? We want them to obviously be inspired and connect their to their Yahadus mm-hmm. and to be growth minded right. and never complacent in their Avodas Hashem and Avodas Kodesh. We want them to be successful in their academics. It's, I mean, if you know, you'll come visit Eula one day, you'll see that um, based on our facilities and our curriculum and the amount of staff we have, you know, student to teacher ratio, our college guidance program. I mean, we, we invest a lot into the academic side. I'd love to see it. Right. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Sounds good. <laughs> it's, uh, um, and of course you want, you want mental kite out of your kids. Totally. But I think when it comes down to it, right. You know, and I speak about it a lot with my staff. I say, if, you know, if our students, you know, graduated EULA um, and got into Harvard, but they weren't inspired to grow, they weren't connected to their, to, to their bone shul. Yiddishkeit was something that felt rote mm-hmm. and, you know, something they were doing out of either obligation or because they were just trained to be, to live an Orthodox lifestyle. I wouldn't say the students failed EULA. They got into Harvard. Right. I would say Eula failed them. Mm. And, and, and that's really what it comes down to. You know, the next door, I mean, they are so talented. They are so bright. Uh, they will be so successful. But the challenge that's in front of them is how, how does that spark? How do we find that spark? And how do we, how, how do we keep that light? That, so how do, you, how do you do that in Eula? So I, I think, well, I'll tell you one more thing before I, I get to that. That question is, you know, I tell our general studies teachers on staff at faculty orientation every year that every single staff member in this school is a Judaic study staff teacher. Mm. I say you might not have smicha, you might not have you might you might not have the title rabbi or mora or rebbitzin. You might not read Hebrew. You might not even be Jewish. Right. But everything we're doing here and teaching has to be consistent with the value of inspiring our students to grow. Nice. I mean, that's, that's really what this podcast is all about. Education is about how every every single parent is really a Jewish educator because in your homes, you're constantly giving that over to them. And, uh, you know, it sounds like that's like the same message you're saying in, uh, in Eula as well. Oh, 100%. And they, and and I, I would tell all educators out there <laughs> that, um, you know, everyone everyone will buy into it because if you, re, if when, when you, you know, when, when, there's, is there a greater nachas for a parent than having their, than their own children be so passionate about growing, right? Who, who, no one wants to live a life of complacency. Right. No one wants their kids to be complacent. Right, totally. You know, so, so it's important to speak about it. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's one thing to think about it. It's important to speak about it. Speak about growth or about Hashem or you're saying everything really? Both, mm-hmm. you're right, you know, um, at Eula, we, we we speak about Hashem a lot. At Eula, we actually have a thing where you know there's there's a uh, there's grade wide WhatsApps, mm. right? Um, right? Not all schools do it. Not all schools want you know everyone to have everyone's know, number everyone's and access. Number. Totally sure, but it's consistent with the culture of, of of Eula. You know, you know. So at the boys' division, there's these grade wide WhatsApps. Mm-hmm. Rebeim are on it, and you know it's it's a good way to communicate. And it could be eleven thirty at night, and you'll just have a you'll have a Talmud who'll just write. You'll, you'll have a Tom will just write, uh, thank you, Hashem, or I love Hashem. Right. 
until two in the morning. <laughs> Everyone you, just, you'll just pouring just it in. People pouring it. That's and then, awesome. You know, then you'll have a Tom and just get on an audio and, and challenge a Rebbe to, to scream at one in the morning. You know, <laughs> you know, I love okay. Hashem, right? You know, so it's, yeah. uh, and, and, and what, but what's really happening there? You know, it's, you know, it's, it's a little sticky. Yeah. Right. But what's really happening? What's really happening is that, you know, you're, you, you have hundreds and hundreds of students at midnight together. They know they're part of a seaboard. They know they're part of a, of, of, of a larger conglomerate of people, right? Um, Am Hadras Melech, granted the 21st century style, you know, 1130 PM on a WhatsApp chat. Hmm. Um, but realizing that the Rebbe Shalom is a part of our lives, not just when we're in Gemara Shir, and not just when we're at an unbelievable, inspiring Kumjitz on a Friday, which is an every week experience at Eula. Mm. Um, uh, I'm, that I invite the whole, anyone in the country to come see because it's, it's unbelievable. Um, what, what makes it so incredible? The boys are bought in. It's, it's how, did you, how did you create that? Because it, it I remember seeing videos of you like, like Sarachek and like the Geschmack to be a and everything. How did you create that culture there? Because I feel like that didn't exist really before you came. And, and how did you create that? You know, it's, it started small. It started small. It started with, it starts, it started first, you know, um, it's, it starts with just a couple strong leaders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I remember speaking to a couple guys and saying, you know, this was three or four years ago and saying, you know, I want to start, for example, singing on Fridays in our plaza outdoors. Um, are you in? And they said, well, how are we going to get the guys? I said, we're not going to get the guys. Are you in? Right. Mm. Um, and we have an unbelievable Rebbe at Eula's name, Rabbi Shua Rose, a koach beyond, um, who, who's an unbelievable Rebbe, will we'll care for the boys, will go, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes for his Talmudim. But it's also a special koach with music, very musical. It's mm. a good koach to have. And, uh, you know, we'd have Rabbi Rose uh, sitting on the plaza outdoors during breakfast with his guitar. There'd be two or three guys, myself, another Rebbe, Rabbi Shaf, and we just sing Shabbos murals. And we literally did it for a whole year, pretty much on Friday. And at most, you get up to 10 guys if you're lucky. You usually stayed with the same four or five, and we never asked people to join. But we want to create this surah, this atmosphere, this environment. At today, it's Arab Shabbos. Today's a different day. It's yeah, not Thursday. That's today. really special. Wow. And if you and if over time, it's really built up. If you come to Eula on a Friday at breakfast now, um, breakfast is right after Shachar, it's 9 a.m. The boys sit waiting for their band to come sit down to sing. And we're talking now 60, 70, 80, 90 guys on the average every Friday. Wow. That's and, incredible. And I always tell the band. The other guys who are sitting on the outskirts, they're having cereal, they're schmoozing, they're, they're, they're finishing their homework that they, you know, they're trying to catch up on last, mm-hmm. minute, last right. minute work saying, don't think for a second they're not gaining from this. Yeah, it's seeping right? in. Totally. It's, totally. it's uh, we had, you know, we, we had Eitan Katz last Friday. Mm, nice. Um, he's the king. He's the king. Yeah, you know, he's a Yule alum also. I know. You know? So I know. it's, uh, <laughs> um, and I mean, the the amount of ruach and energy and excitement that Eitan was coming to you to, to lead a kumzitz. I mean, these, these are, you know, Los Angeles teenagers. Right. And, um, but they're just, they're just so primed for it and they're so excited for it. You should see the videos. Um, and, and you got to make things gishmak, right? Obviously, first and foremost is the Torah learning and making, making the Torah, you know, making it alive. Torah can't just be a text that's taught. It has to be relevant it has to, it has to be inspiring. 
but you also have to to, to create those environments. You know, we have a we have a uh, we started a min hug this year at Eula. It's called Flashic Fridays. Oh yeah, what's that? And we're, we're and you know at, at at that comes it's at breakfast. We don't serve cereal. We start barbecuing at nine a.m. No way! Oh and, my gosh, that's and, amazing. You know, so it's like. <laughs> So it's it's like taking the 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 Arab Shabbos Cholin Kugel right. thing to to a, to whole, a whole new level, yeah, to, seriously, to, you know, to a whole new level. But it's 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 you know, Fleshik Friday is not the solution to to inspiring <laughs> Yidin, obviously, right? But it's to send the message that we can't let the experience of Yiddishkeit be confined to the four walls of a shear room. That is the anchor. That is the core. Learning Rishonim, learning Achronim, learning on a serious level, and giving them the skills to be able to become independent learners. Cause if they don't know how to learn, they'll never love learning right. and they'll never continue to learn. But realizing that the Yiddish guide and inspiration is everywhere. It's, it's on the plaza for breakfast on a Friday morning. It's 11.30 PM when you're in your room and you get the WhatsApp that you love Hashem and you love a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's on an airplane. It's, 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 it's in a restaurant. And it's at, a, as you referenced, it's at a Sarah Chick basketball game. Right. You know, you'll, 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 we'll, we'll be in New York this year and, 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 and you'll hear us singing Baruch Hu, right? And, yeah. and, it's awesome. um, and that, and that, that's how you inspire kids where it's, it can't be Gemara science. It's gotta be everything we do is Torah. Everything we do is to get closer to the Rabbon Shalom. Like the Ramchal says in Mesiel Zishayim, right? What's the first, the foundational principles to recognize the MS of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And if you're going to recognize the Amos of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, then the the Torah studies program in your in your schools can't just be a subject. Mm. They, mm. You know, totally agree. I have a my my first blog post on education.org is all about that about how our classes have to be different. It can't be a class. It can't be a just a, another Torah lecture. It has to be something a little bit different. I, I totally agree. Totally. So how do you create that? I Meaning, how do you create it where, like you said, it's not Gemara and science. It's 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 Torah. It's life. How how does that how does one? How does? How did you create that culture, or how do you? How do you get your science teachers to buy in? How do you get the students to buy in? Like, how does that uh, become? So we created three pillars in our school, mm-hmm. um, and it's called primacy, relevancy of Torah, uncompromising general studies, and character development. Mm-hmm. And primacy, relevancy of Torah means that obviously Torah the, is is prime. Everyone in the building knows it, and and it also sends a message that Torah is not a history book. It's not archaic. You might learn history and from stories, but you know when 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 you learn about Lech Lecha Avram here in the call, it's it's not so you have a historical story, right? It's it has to be relevant. So everything we teach, you take a complicated sugi on Baba Kam on on you know on Nunvav, the the Gemara tells us how Kofiv Kamaso, you know by a case of Potter Medine Adam Chay Medine Shemaim. So you know you bend stalks of wheat towards a fire, right? It's considered grama. So you know I'll ask my boys. In Sheer, okay. You know, there, there's a theme park in LA. It's called Knott's Berry Farm. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask my boys, how many of you have ever been on a farm not named Knott's Berry Farm? And, you know, Kimat, every hand goes up. We've all been on a farm. Right, right. right. Every Cholomoid. Right, every exactly, right? And then I'll ask them, how many of you ever touched a stalk of wheat? And most will keep their hands up. Mm-hmm. How many of you have actually bent wheat? Now the hands start dropping. Right. And how many of you bent it towards a fire in this Ruach Sheinu Mitsuyo, like, <laughs> like just decided to pop in and then all of a sudden you burnt down the city, right? Or you burnt down the, the, the property next door. And of course, every hand goes down. Right. And I look at them. I say, so tell me. What are we learning? What, 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 what's relevant? Here? Right. It, I get the Lundish piece. You know, you learn a Maharshal, you learn a Kiva Eger, you learn Rashi, Tosos. You, I, but, but 
How's it relevant? Because I always tell you, we, there's not going to be a sugya that we're going to learn that you're not going to see that. So how's it relevant? And then all of a sudden, when you bring in a beautiful piece from, from any contemporary achro, that, you know, the example, it's a, it's a safer mishpate Torah, and you bring in a piece about how, you know, you can go into an Uber and, and, and take it to an airport. And then you end up, instead of getting out the door on the on the curbside, you end up getting on the other side, right? Mm, right. right. And the door opens up and then a car comes by and hits it. And you want to know who's responsible. Is it the driver? Is it the passenger? Is it the Uber driver? Right. And then you see how, how the case is poskin based on a stalk of wheat, how kofif kamaso, how the doors that's opened and closed can be the bent stalk of wheat, how the car driving by can be the ish, how ruch mitsuya or ruch mitsuya can be the, the speed limit and at what speed was the car going. Mm, and, interesting. And, and all of a sudden it's like you, you, you're learning shots and you're learning things you say, this is unbelievable. This is this mamish is real, right? The, the, so that that's helpful to make the Torah relevant. How do you also show them that the science is really, you know, stemming from that as well? So what I'm saying is, so when it comes to the pillars, mm-hmm. every single person in Yula knows the pillars. Come uh-huh. to, you come to our campus, ask the students, what are the pillars of the school? Ask the teachers, what are the pillars of the school? I mean, it's the same Purim spiel every every, <laughs> every year where they you know make fun of me on the pillars, sure, it's, sure. It's, right? It's 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 the same thing. And I actually told the administration when we created the pillars, how do you know we're, we're going to be matzliach with the pillars? And they all gave unbelievable, you know, thoughtful answers. And I said, it's all wrong. Hmm. I said, if the boys make fun of us. That's when you know you've made the it. Pillars, you know they <laughs> totally. know the pillars. And they all laugh, right? It's a great call. It's true. So it's, um, so everyone knows our pillars. And the word prime was, was an important and thoughtful word. And the word relevant. Um, that's number one. So everyone everyone knows what we stand gave for. Gave meaning to Prime before Amazon Prime, you know? Exactly, <laughs> right? Um, and the uncompromising general studies is also a big statement, right? That what you're learning in sheer, mm-hmm. you know, as the Rav, you know, would say, I mean, there's a synthesis there. Mm-hmm. It's not a contradiction. Right, right. Right? And that 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 also is part of relevancy in our lives. Um, and And to have every general studies teacher know it, and to have every Rebbe knows it and, and bought into it also is an important piece. Because I think what, you know, at least when I was in high school, um, I found that, you know, the Judaic study staff and the general study staff, you know, they had two different teacher lounges. Yeah, yeah. Khalil Vachas, they should make eye contact. They should, <laughs> they should sit next to each other at, a, at an orientation. But, you know, I, I said Fakert. I said we, we, we sit together, we speak together. Because if they don't buy in, the general study staff doesn't buy in and the, and the, and the Rebbeim don't buy in. They're just going to be hearing contradictory undertone messaging all mm-hmm. day, which has which has such a major impact. We wow. do something called uh, instructional rounds. It's 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 not a Yule invention. It's it happens all you know, it happens all over the country in schools where it models what doctors do. And they they go around and they do rounds, right? Oh, interesting. Um, That's so cool. So we started this program uh, probably five or six years ago, but instead of you know, math teachers going to science classes. We have our general studies teachers going to Gemara Shir. Really? Wow. You know, that's it, so cool. You know, imagine having a science teacher and a history teacher and a Judaic and 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 uh, um, an English teacher who know nothing about Yiddishkeit sitting in our twelfth grade highest level Shir with Rav Sauer Shlita, who's who's a posek, a dayan, a massive Talmud Chacham, and hearing a full Shir right. and not understanding a word, but, right. but but seeing the boys, yeah. seeing the fire. Seeing, seeing the relationship, seeing the connection, and and vice versa, having your abame sit in a science class. Yeah, wow, um, that's so cool. I would love to do that. That's amazing. Anytime. That's amazing, amazing. Wow, who are your role models in uh, in Chinuch? It's uh, first of all, my role models. Anyone who's willing 
to go into chinuch, <laughs> and anyone whose whose spouses allow their spouses to go into chinuch. Ah, oh, that's good. You know, that's good. Right. Um, you know, that's 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 first and foremost because they, the the spouses don't get enough credit for for the mysterious nefesh that happens at the expense of their own family. Um, so that that that's first and foremost. Um, but really, the 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 person who honestly um, lit the fire in me is first of all one of my band, Ravelli Marcus, hmm. who's you know a Rebbe at Rashid, who sure. who till today, you know, I have a very close Kesher with, um, and you know he he was a big inspiration. He used to push me, um, not just to grow, but he used to push me. I remember when I was thinking about Chinuch, he would push me and say, "You got to go in." And he would push me and say, but I can't, I'm over, nah, it's not for me. How am I going to pay my bills? What, right, you know, right. it's, uh, totally. um, but, but seeing, seeing how he just, you know, that Simcha Sachayim and makes Torah so real and, 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 and is, is incredible. And for me, the second role model is, is, is my father, mm. you know, it's special. Only a child of a mechanic understands what I'm talking about. Totally get you. Right? Really do. You yeah. Know? So it's, uh. You know, and, and, and it comes at an expense, it comes at an expense. You know, it's Sunday morning. You want to have a catch with your dad, you know, yeah. in the backyard and, you yeah, know, a meeting. Yeah, exactly. totally. totally. It's, uh, but Baruch bar Hashem. Uh, Who are your role models? My dad is my biggest role model. Yeah. Always has been, always, I think will be. I mean, he's, yeah, I, I, I've looked up, like you said, growing up in a home of Chinuch, both my mom and my dad are, are both in Chinuch and literally the Shabbos table every single week, hearing the different things that my dad would come home with the stories. And I was always like, it's incredible. He's making such an impact on people's lives. I really want to do that. Hmm. And that was really for me since a young age. I mean, my friends used to always make fun of me like, Oh, you're definitely gonna be a Rebbe. Like, cause I, yeah. I used to always say it. And my Rebbe in high school, he always say it. like, you really, you really want to go into Chinuch? I'm like, yeah, I really, really do. So I've known for a very long time, but yeah, my father has definitely been my, uh, my biggest role model. hundred percent. That's uh that's, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm sure he's very proud. <laughs> Thank you. What, uh, what would you say is the best advice you received for either when you were, you know, made that switch to go into Chinuch or as you took the principal head of school position, what would you say was the best advice you got? The best advice I got when, when I took on senior leadership, mm -hmm. um, pretty much at every point I was the youngest person in the building at the time. Mm -hmm. Even when I became head of school, I was young. I was, I was the youngest person in the building. Right. You know, right. now Baruch Hashem, I'm starting to hire people younger than me. You know, so it's, <laughs> right. a, um, but really the best, the best advice that I got, um, was actually from, uh, you know, Rabbi Sauer who pulled me aside and he said, you're becoming a head of school now. Uh, you deserve it. You're going to do a great job, but you need to take on a limud. Mm. I said, uh, what? <laughs> he says, you got to take on a limud. I said, you know, Rebbe, I, I, it's not like I learn. Right. I'm saying I, I learn, right? I'm in the daf. Right, right. I'm, I'm, I give shear every day. I teach every day. Mm -hmm. not, not a day that I don't give shear. Really, I, you're I'm, still giving a full-time shear even though you're- Every single day. Wow, that's amazing. I teach, at, I teach at both schools, actually. Really? Wow. Um, and the reason why I teach every day is because I, I didn't leave Deloitte to become a head of school. Uh -huh. I left Deloitte to be a Rebbe. To be a Rebbe, right, totally. And, and, and I'm not giving that up. Otherwise, to me, it was a waste. I, I need to be in the shear room with the boys, and every single day I teach. Right. Um, so I said, Rebbe, I prepare shear. You know, I'm in the daf. I'm saying, I'm coming out of school. Mm -hmm. I, I, what, what do you, you know? And he, Rebbe Sauer looked at me, and he said, he said, you're going to get very busy, but if you don't have a set time seder of learning every day, that's for yourself and not for, for everyone else, you're going to burn out. Right. I remember when I was in Smicha, every single 
Machanich or rabbi who came, they were like, the best advice we can give you is make sure you have a set limud for yourself. Yeah. I remember it like, it's yeah. interesting you say that. And he pushed me and he'd follow up with me. Really? So what was that first limud that you did? Um, so I, I, I made sure every day, um, no matter what time I got home, right? I, I would do the daf in the morning when no matter what time I got home, I would learn different svarim um, on chinuch. Really? And, what were some know, of those svarim? You know, so... Revolbi safer. Mm, yeah. You know, it's it, it yeah, safer. Right. So, you know, that, that that was a big piece of it. And then I started giving Shirim on the safer. Oh, cool. And then I got called out on it. Now the Lima's not for yourself anymore. <laughs> right. So <laughs> it's uh um, you know, and you know, and and Baruch Hashem, that you know, I've been going through different Machshavas for him and, and in addition to, you know, preparing for Shir and 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 now now I've transitioned to a Mishnah Seder, hmm. which is which is which, which is obviously incredible. And actually, Rav Sauer, Shlita, when I took over the second, you know, the girls division, you know, followed up with me and, you know, telling me about the Limud, making sure I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And this time he offered to be my Chavrusa. So now I'm really oh, excited, nice. right? That's so, cool. so now I'm excited for that. That's sure. The second piece of advice I got, which which also resonated with me, is was actually from Rabbi Brander, Rabbi Asher Brander, mm-hmm. who's a Rosh Kolel um, in Los Angeles. And he doesn't even realize he gave me this advice. But when I first uh, became a Rebbe, he told me, write everything down. So I said, okay, sure. He says, anything you teach, write it down. And then he asked me, do you know why I want you to, I'm suggesting you write everything down. And I looked at everybody and I said, yeah, of course. He says, why? It's a, you know, two years from now, if I'm giving the same shit, right, like, right. like, I'm like, I don't need to start, you know, start over. Yeah. Right. I'm ready to go review the notes, maybe add a piece. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, get a little bit better at it. He says, that's definitely a benefit. But that's not that's not the reason. So what's the reason? He says, because you're going to have days. They're going to be hard. They're going to be tough. You're going to want out of chinuch. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to give up. You're going to put all your kochos into what you're teaching, what you're learning. And then you get this year and they're just they're just not they're just not there that day. Wow. And and those moments will come and you're going to feel underappreciated. And you're going to feel burnt out. And when you feel burnt out, you need to go back to your notes and see everything you've taught over the years. And you're going to get such chizuk. It's going to be such a chiz. You're going to remember, oh, I remember that cheer. I remember when that Talmud, you know, was mechavein to Amar Tzchiyos. Or that, that Talmud was, you know, was mechavein to Atosos or to Ramban. Right. And you're going to get such inspiration that you That's brought so that nice. out the I love child. that idea. That's so special. So it's, uh, wow. so those two pieces, and I, and, and I hold to those two. The, yeah. the, the, the Leamwood for my own personal learning, you, you got to stay on fire if you want to bring the fire mm-hmm. and, you know, making sure that you're writing things down and, 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 and bring those memories back to, you know, kind of fuel, fuel that fire as well. Totally. What would be the best advice that you would give? Not let maybe change the focus from Chinuch more so to, to parents. The best advice I think I, I, I that I would give parents mm-hmm. is to trust the educators. Mm, interesting. Um, you know, you know, a parent would never tell a cardiologist, mm-hmm. you know, that he or she doesn't know what, what, what they're doing. Right. They might get a second opinion. Yeah. Right. But they're not in a position to start questioning the MRI or the X-ray. Mm-hmm. And obviously when it comes to Chinuch, it's, it's, it's a completely different game. And it doesn't mean that the parents, there's, there, there isn't merit to the parents because that, that, that partnership is, is so key on both sides, right? The parents have insights that the- how, that, do they, how do you create that partnership between the school and parents? Me personally? Yeah. Well, I interview every single family that comes into the school. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of schools, especially the larger schools, will have admissions committees and it's right. just impossible to mm-hmm. meet everyone. I will interview every single family 
on both campuses. I don't care how many hours it takes, how many interviews. Yeah, that's a serious commitment. (laughs) Um, And I interview every family because that's the conversation I have with the parents. And I tell them. I need to know that we're in this together and we have, we have a long and thoughtful conversation. How do you maintain that once they're in the school? Well, you'll maintain, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different learning opportunities to bring the parents in. Mm -hmm. You know, LA is also very different than the tri-state area. Yeah. We all live with each other. Right. right. So it's like you're, you're, you walk, you're bumping into each other. You're Uh hosting families. I mean, the relationships are a little bit different. It's a little bit less, you know, corporate. Mm. You know, you know, they're not spread out as much. And I, I I think most importantly, you know, where you, you know, you have to be a presence. Yeah. You know, you have, you have to be a presence on the campus. The boys have to feel that you're there and and you have to be a presence Mm -hmm. um, in the community. You know, I'll, I'll speak in a lot of different shuls. I encourage Meyer Bame to give Shearham around town and, 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 and feel, feel that presence. And, and we don't just do events for students. So, you know, uh, you'll have your Friday night Oneg or Tish with, with the boys. We'll also have, we'll have, we'll, we'll, we'll do Kumsitzes and Tishes with the parents, with with the fathers, you know, we'll, you know, bring we'll bring him in. You know, I'm I'm doing a Poland trip uh, in two weeks, Mirza Bring Bringing the we're we're, we're bringing the dads with us. Really, right? let, wow. let, that's so cool. Let them sing by the kever of the of of, of the Chedusharim. You nice. know, let them feel that with their children. Right. Um, you got to bring them into the educational experience. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference between Avram Avinu and Shem Veir the Chassam Sofer asked, uh, you know, says so beautifully. Well, well, why you know why was it Avram who who heard the Lech Lecha, right? I mean, right, right. You know. You know, Shane Vaver, I'm saying, you know, Eddie Shiva, right? It's 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 post the door mobile. You know, think about what they they went through. You know, so he it took Avram Avinu, who came from a, a house of Avodazara, right? And you know, why was Avram considered the greater one? Mm-hmm. And the Chassam Sofer says so beautifully is that you know, shame. Anyway, I mean, obviously they were they they were great. They were gedolim of their generation. I mean, the famous yeshiva shame, you know, yeshiva shame Vaver. But the difference was is that shame Vaver sat in the base madrash and would help anyone who was willing to come in. Mm. But Avram Avinu, even post Prismila, he would sit at the entrance of his tent. Right, he and, was looking for it, and right. he, was, he was looking to bring everyone. Nice, in. nice. And I think when it comes to the relationship with parents, you have to bring them in. Don't wait for them to come. If they're coming to you, something went wrong. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, they're, they're not happy about right. something. So you're and saying you, avoid that. Be proactive to it before it happens. Bring them in. Totally. Bring them, make them part of the educational experience. And what about advice that you would give to parents on parenting? The Kutzker says on the Pasuk, Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdo, that one should, you know, we, we want, you should pursue righteousness. Mm-hmm. And the Kutzker beautifully asks, why does it repeat the word Tzedek? Mm-hmm. Say Tzedek, Tirdo. We don't, we don't understand it. And the Kutzker answers so beautifully that tzedek tzedek tirdof means you can't just pursue righteousness, but you have to pursue righteousness through righteousness. Mm, interesting. Beautiful. And what the Kutzker is saying is you can't just rob a bank and then say, oh, now instead of giving my sir, I'm going to mm. give 20%. Right. Right. That's not, that's, that, 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 that's, that's, that's not the Mahalach. Mm. That's not the Jewish way. Right. Right. So what's the Kutzker saying that it's not just about doing something righteous, but it's the process on how you get to that righteous act that means so much more. Otherwise, the whole thing's invalidated. Mm. And the best parenting advice I always tell parents is don't worry if your kids are not listening to you. They're teenagers. We'd all love them to be more robotic. Mm. We wouldn't. But Lamaisa, you know, if you tell them to make their bed, who doesn't want their kid to say, yes, mommy, yes, daddy, I would love to make my bed. Totally. Right? It's not the Matthias and it's not realistic. Mm -hmm. Worry less that they're not listening 
and worry more that they're watching you. Mm. You want you want your sons to be a Ben Torah. You want your daughters to be serious about their Torah learning. Lead by example. Then then model it. Right. And if they're not listening, of course, correct it. And of course, have difficult conversations. Of course, have open communication. And of course, bring the mechanchim and the mechanchos into those conversations. But if they're not seeing it, if they're not see, if they're not seeing you Davin seriously, why should they? Right. If they're not seeing you open up a safer at night, why would they? If they're not seeing that 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 in your home it's one of chesed, and it's one of humility, and it's one of one of one of positivity, and most importantly, simcha, happiness. Why should they be happy? Mm-hmm. Tzedek, tzedek, tirdov. Mm, it's a beautiful idea. Wow. You you mentioned before that LA is different. It's you know you're 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 with them. It's also you know more of an affluent community. What challenges do you feel that did you see either in raising your own children or maybe in you know with the parents in your school raising their children that that presents and how would you best advise dealing with that? Well, it, it, there's a little bit of a misconception mm-hmm. on the affluence of LA. Uh-huh. It, it is an affluent community in the sense that you know. The top five percent is, right. is 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 usually wealthier than the other top five percent somewhere right. else in the mm-hmm. world, right? Well, cost of living there, I feel like, is usually cost more, cost is of living higher being, for right, sure. Right. But I'll tell you, we are we're offering financial aid to over sixty five percent of our families. Really? Wow. You know, fa- fa- you know, it's 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 not simple to live in L.A. Mm-hmm. And not everyone is affluent. Obviously, in fact, the vast majority is not. But you know, that being said, it is Hollywood, right? Right, yeah. and. And Sedom is Sedom, yeah. <laughs> and Hollywood is Hollywood, right? Um, it is LA, right? You know, you know, it's uh, um, there's no question, right? LeBron James, Lahavdil, right? Mm-hmm. You name them, right? They're all there. They're, they're they're not just there. They use our gym, right? Oh, really? right. They're they're literally there. All oh, right, I've seen like some of the right? clips of the Eula yeah, gym. No, with yeah. The, yeah, totally. You know, they're literally there. Yeah. Um, so how do you like, deal with that? Right. So so it, it's obviously different. You know, you got to double down if they see the MS of Torah. And they see the simcha of Torah, and 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 our and the students feel it. Well, and what can parents do for that also? And the role of the parents? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that goes back to what I was saying. They, if if they're not going to be bought in, there's uh-huh. it's that, that 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 tension is there. Gotcha. You know? So it's, but LA is different. Look, I always joke with the boys that you know we're ten years behind New York. You know, you know this. You know, I joke with them that. Rachim from Shweki just came out, you know, in, in right. Los Angeles, right? Yeah, LA is out of town. Yeah. It, it's a big city because it's it's LA, right? right. But it, but it's out of town. Mm-hmm. There's there's no question about it. So, do you can you tell like the difference between raising children out of town versus in town? Or I mean, you you say you grew up in Florida, right? So is that well, I'll, you know what the biggest difference between LA being out of town versus the tri-state in town? Sure. Um, and and I'm not sure. I should do anything about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always torn about this. But the biggest difference is when that, when that, when that high school kid and any, you, you know, just fill in the blank of that high school in, in New, the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area um, is in ninth and 10th grade. So he knows who that 11th or 12th grader is. That's might be, you know, Mr. Basketball, the hockey player, right. the, you know, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or whoever she might be. Right. And then has that, that, that leadership abilities and that cool factor to him or her. And then, but they're always growing mm-hmm. and, you know, they, they spend a year or two in yeshiva seminary and, 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 and the growth continues and they see it in transformative ways and they come back and they go to, they, they, they go to a local college, you know, most likely YU or Stern, you know, Landers 
right? And they're home for Shabbos and they're at Minyan on, on Sunday morning. All of a sudden, oh, there's there's so and so. He was he was he was he was a legend, or right. she was she was a legend in high school. She was a league legend. Yeah, she was you know <laughs> like she was always captain in Marasha right, or Masora, right? right? And yeah. like you know, <laughs> totally. And, and you see you see them, and there there are all these walking role models that are walking to the restaurant on Central Avenue in the Five Towns mm. or walking to that bakery, that famous bakery in Teaneck. You yeah, Batiste, sure, right? sure. You know, you know. Um, and it has a major impact. So I can be that person. So I, I know I, I, I connect to that person. In LA, after they graduate and have a successful, you know, growth spurt in, in their ruchnis, their academics and their mental kite, they go off to a seminary or yeshiva. And then after seminary yeshiva, most of them don't come back to LA. Mm. They, right? Interesting. And that role model piece is missing. That's so interesting. Wow. And it has such an impact. So and I guess the parents have to play a bigger, you know, role. Which of, puts the pressure on the parents. Interesting. Wow. Hmm. You know, that's probably why NCSY Kolo is so much. Yeah. They have unbelievable Roshi Yeshivas there and unbelievable Ramim will give amazing Shirim. But, at, you know, at the end of the day, you have 200 Madrachim who are 18, 19, 20 years old with 14, 15, 16 year olds. And, they're crossing you over on the basketball court, right? And yep. they're and they're out singing you yeah, at the sure. tish. Remember it well, you know. So best summer ever. Best that, summer. That, it is a, it is a special place. Our kids need role models. They need different types of role models. Yeah, they need their rebellion. They need you know their peers. They need their parents. Mm. Wow. Besides for besides for that that challenge that's you know at, out of the tri-state area. What are you? What unique challenges are you seeing with raising? teens in today's day and age? Um, I mean, probably a lot of similar challenges than, than here, you know? Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. So what, what, what are the challenges that you're seeing in today's just well, in general? Well, I think you see a lot of self-esteem challenges in, in teenagers, um, you know, that manifests itself differently, you know, social media mm-hmm. can play a factor in that. Right. How do you deal with the self-esteem issue? Well, we, we have a whole team in place. Mm-hmm. Um, like guidance team? Yeah, we, we mm-hmm. have a whole guidance team in place. And, right. you know, on our campus, we actually have the guidance office, you know, in the hall. It's transparent. It's everyone sees, um, you know, we, we do everything we can to destigmatize it. Um, we offer proactive pro- education on it, but you also need the, the systems in place. Mm-hmm. There was a fascinating article. It came out around Sukkis time in the Wall Street Journal which spoke about which social medias are worse mm. for teenagers. Yeah. And it was interesting because, you know, they, they really went to town on Instagram um, because Instagram, the pictures that are generally posted there is, is, is one where like, you know, you have the most perfect family, right? Uh, you know, you make yourself look perfect. Yeah, everything yourself, looks perfect. on Instagram, right? Sure. Um, you know, as opposed to other social medias where like you're willing to let loose a little. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, it, these have major, effects um i'm i'm nervous about the post-covid substance abuse Mm -hmm. interesting you know um um we you know our intelligent research says we don't have you know of course you'll have students who are at risk but we don't have what we'll call a major a a substance a substance abuse you know um you know uh outbreak in our school of course you're going to have and you deal with those and, and you give the education but you know in la our kids were on Zoom for much longer than, than Jewish kids in New York. Yeah. And 
you don't know what kind of impacts that that, that could happen. Whether it's drinking, whether it's whether it's vaping, whether it's you know what, what, whatever it is. Yeah, someone was just one of the yeshivas from Israel. I do Israel guidance by my school. Was just telling me that this is the first year they've ever seen such a lack of accountability from hmm. students, and they feel like it's because like they were able to just mute themselves before, or just leave leave the room, leave the Zoom room, and it's like they across the board they're hearing it from every single yeshiva, every seminary that issue of lack of accountability, which is so interesting. Like, you know, like you're saying post COVID or still in COVID, but effects of COVID. Very yeah. interesting. So uh, yeah, uh, I, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. If you could change one thing in the education system, what would it be? If I could change one thing in the education system. You want to say more than one you can. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's a great question. We need to do a deep dive on Tefila. Mm. You know, um, totally hear that. Tefillah is and it's the hardest one. It's the hardest thing. And I'll be honest, I, I'm actually very proud of the Davenina Eula. Yeah. Both on the boys' campus and the girls' campus. You know, the mm-hmm. girls' campus, there's, I think, over 10 different Davening type options. Wow. Um, you know, Sardi, Ashkenaz, a singing, sure. uh, uh, an explanatory. And at the at on the boys' campus, there's four different minyanim, two Sephardim now. We just started Chabad minion and Ashkenaz minion. Um, and the decorum is fantastic. Right. But you're still, you're saying there still needs to be that deep dive, like but there getting needs to into be a it. deep dive. Right. Right. It's, it's, uh, and of course, you know, the Ruach of the school is there. So when we do our musical Hallel, it's, it's alive, right. right? And when Rosh Chodesh is alive, but you're saying getting that on an everyday basis, but an everyday basis, it's, yeah. it's, it's tefillah is under appreciated. What do you attribute that to? You know, I hate to play the blame game. Yeah. But it, cause because I think each case, each each piece, is, each aspect is different. But, you know, ultimately, I don't think we do a good enough job, you know, instilling within our students and our Talmudim that tefillah is a conversation with their emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's such a unique opportunity. And and for whatever reason, the Jewish education system is missing is is missing the boat on that from from a, from a young age. It doesn't mean that if you don't go into a first or second grade class that they're not singing it or saying right. it. Dominies happen. Our, our our kids can daven. Right? right. The fundamentals are are lacking. So you know, yeah. You know, there was there, there was a, a colleague of mine, a, a, a fantastic educator, um, who from a, one of the lower schools, who was telling me, you know, he tells his he tells his his families that if you know, he wants them to lay in their bar mitzvah and, and, and be chazim. He says, but if, if it's too much for the kid and you have to choose one, I'd rather be chazim. Mm, really? bar mitzvah. Wow. I, I said, I said, what? Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. I, I said, it's your bar mitzvah. Everyone knows, you know, it's like, that's the best part when, when, when you get, you know, you, you, you go, you go somewhere for a Shabbos and you get lucky and it's your bar mitzvah part. And, right. you know, you, know, you, you say this. Your your mavi the sedra out loud with the bakr. It's the best part. Get a correction in there. Who doesn't sure. love that, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. He says, he says. Listen, unfortunately, most of the guys are are they're not going to become bal. You know, uh, they're not going to become a bal kore. Mm. But if they don't learn to be chazin now, how many how many of them are never gonna have the confidence to daven, to just yeah. to, to be up there for the umud, to 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 it's sing a, great, a, it's a great point. It's very true. And. Um, and I left the conversation still saying, no, they still got to lean. But I think about it often because really what he was saying is we're not doing enough to emphasize the role Tefillah plays in our lives. And I, what I'd love to see, you know, a lot of times in schools, you know, heads of schools of high schools will meet with heads of schools of high schools and heads of schools, elementary schools will meet with, and they'll, they'll, they'll discuss the like, you know, challenges that apply to their age demographic. 
What I'd love to see, I'd love to see the educators of all ages, from the shivas and seminaries in Eretz Yisrael, to the high schools, to the elementary schools and the middle schools, sit in a room and have an honest conversation and say, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Specifically about tefillah, you're saying? About tefillah. Yeah. And get the kids in there. If you start the conversation, I will, I will be there. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Sounds awesome. Going, you, said, you mentioned before about social media. What's your, what's your take on technology? So look at Eula, we're a one-to-one laptop program. Uh-huh. So if you're coming to school, we're giving you a laptop. Um, so we, we, you know, we have state-of-the-art steam labs and, and technology programs and, you know, and, and we have a film program that has produced three videos, two on are on Chabad.org, one's on H.com. Oh, wow. Cool. That's very cool. Um, you know, we, you know, uh, we have a, you know, uh, a famous robotics team in, in, in the Los Angeles area that, that's very successful. I mean, we, we invest in the technology piece, mm-hmm. but there needs to be boundaries to everything. Right. We won't give a computer to a, to a, to a, to a student if, if the students don't, you know, every student and every parent actually talking about bringing the parents into the educational experience have to sit through um, seminars and training hmm. that include everything from how to use technology appropriately. You have them in EULA. They have to. Oh, wow. yeah, cool. Uh, um, it includes everything from how to use technology appropriately to things like cyberbullying. Right. Right. And, you know, things that are related, you know, social media use. Right. Um, things that relate to technology. So, you know, our approach is, you know, you can't live under a rock. You can't mm-hmm. ignore what's out there. They're using it. So, you know, bring it into their educational experience and right. show them in a positive way. Right. Teach them how to do it. Right. But the filters on our campus are tight. Yeah. <laughs> and the, gotcha. right. And the teachers are well-trained, mm-hmm. you know, and we continue to invest into that. But the technology is something that if not used appropriately, can be the biggest, I don't, I don't even want to use the word distraction, danger to the growth of our children. Right. Right. Um, are there any, practices in your home that you have learned or used from your role in school over the years to smile Hmm. right nice it's uh i'll tell you an amazing story you know and i i wouldn't even say smile it's it's to smile and spend meaningful time with your children right you know the the job is taxing it if if you want to be my students it's not a nine to five job no you gotta give your all for sure it's it's 24 hours in a day is not even enough. Right. Totally. Um, so after my first year of being out of school, I had my year end review, which I asked for. Mm-hmm. I put it, you know, in black and white on my contract. There has to be a year end review every year. I need the feedback. And I was sitting. So I prepared, I prepared hours for this meeting, you know, to go out to Chazer the first year. Sure. You know, this is, this is from a professional standpoint, you know, Yom HaDin for me, right? (laughs) Totally. And I'm sitting in front of uh, four executive board members. Oh, wow. Who are all extremely bright and successful. Sure. You know, you're talking high level positions in BlackRock, in big real estate companies. And, and, you know, I mean, these are high level, highly sophisticated, successful people. And I, I, I spent hours, I prepared a whole slideshow. I showed the data, I showed the statistics. I, I, I shared the vision of where we're going from here. I, you know, I, sh- I, I shared our fa- my, 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 what I think my failures were and where I can do better. I mean, I really spent a lot of time, you know, introspecting and reflecting on the year. And all in all, 
Um, you know, I thought I put a phenomenal presentation together because I shared it with about 20 people before mm, just to right. make sure, you know, I, of course, <laughs> right. And, um, I sat down and I presented and it was, it was, it was boardroom style. And I went through the curriculum to the relationships, to the culture, to the enrollment, to the financials, mm -hmm. to that, sure. nothing to the fundraising, nothing was missed. Right. And then one of the executive board members put up his hand, which was already you know, unusual. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh oh, what right. I miss or what I say? <laughs> and I said, yes. He said, Do you ever sit on the floor? I said, What? <laughs> he says, Do I what? <laughs> and he said, When you go home uh, at night, do you sit on the floor? And I was still a little bit confused. Right. <laughs> and I said, His name's Howard. I said, Howard, I. I, I, I don't understand the question. Yeah. I'm saying like, I generally sit on chairs. If I'm lucky, I get on a couch, right? And he said, I think this was a phenomenal, phenomenal presentation. It was thorough. You had all the facts. It was honest. We all agree it was success. You had a successful year. We all agree with, with your, you know, self, you know, uh, impose goals on where you could do better your areas of growth. But I just don't know how you have time in the day, mm -hmm. which means if you're getting home, either you're so wiped and you get to bed or your kids are already asleep. Mm. So I want to know when you get home, are you sitting on the floor and playing with your kids? Wow. And I'll tell you when he said it. How is a wise man? Wow. I'll, I'll tell you when he's, cause he said, cause if you're not, none of it is worth it. Wow. And I'll tell you, when he said that, I got the chills. I'm and getting I, the chills right now. And I, mo I momish broke down. I started bawling. Wow. Right? The last thing you want, I wanted going to that meeting was to be vulnerable. Yeah, totally. Right? You want confidence. You, yeah. want, you, want, you, you, want, you want to show them you got this. And I momish broke down. I was, I was, and I started crying in front, in front of, you know, these four very special people. And they gave me one goal for the following year. And that was to sit on the floor. Wow. And that, that changed everything for me because the way that I took that message was if you want to be, if you want your kids to be matzliach, your own children in your home, you got to sit on the floor with the, with them just the, just like you sit with your Talmudim or your Talmidos on the floor. Right. Wow. And that's obviously more of a, an example, you know, not literally, right? Sure. But the way that you smile, mm -hmm. the way that your kids see you smile at your Talmud or your, your Talmida needs to feel that same smile. Yeah, totally. Wow. Needs, needs to amazing get, advice right here. Needs to get that wow. same Lego game with you. Mm. So with an 11th grader, it might be a game of horse on the basketball court with... With your seven-year-old, play Rummy. Wow. It, it, it's a special thing. And that to me is the best advice I can give a mechanic. Right? When I say smile, I'm saying sit on the floor. Right. And even for parents, for all parents, it's such a, when you come home from work, it's, it's, a, it's amazing advice. Amazing advice. Yeah. Really want to say a huge, huge thank you to you. You have so many insights and such incredible experience that really or, you know, it's an, Eula is so lucky to have you and all the educators out here, we're, we're all really lucky to have heard from you this morning. And thank you so, so much. Really appreciate it's it. It's my greatest pleasure. And a shakoach to you.
I look forward to hearing from all of the unbelievable educators out there because there's, I'm sure there's a, there's a lot for all of us to learn from each other. Thank you, thank you. Wow, that was a that was a really great conversation, a really great episode. As a formal educator, it really got me thinking of different ways that I can make more of an impact in my school, help help to bring the Ruchnius, the Torah, the Judaism to more of the, to the forefront. As a parent, it also got me thinking the same things, the same exact things, how to bring the Torah, the Ruchnius into my home in a way that it's it's really felt. As educators or parents, as educators, we all need to make the Torah and Judaism the primary focus if we want it to be important for our children. The Yiddishkeit needs to be thought of at the beginning of any decision in a home in order to make it relevant and part of the lives of our children and ourselves. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, and I hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of Jeducation. If you like this episode, please share it with your family, with your friends. Please like us, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, and please give us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much. Have a great week.